524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. This time we're going to go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Whatever it is that you have need of, whatever the situation is, you know, first and foremost, you want to pray that, Lord, let your will be done. God, we want your will to be done. We have our desires. We have the things that we look for and that we may want. But I want to encourage you to pray and ask the Lord's will to be done. Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace. We thank you, Lord God, for another opportunity to stand on your behalf. Lord God, to give glory and honor unto you and to encourage praise and worship to, for the propagation of your word. Lord, we thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy on this sixth day of August. Lord God, we appreciate you for who you are. We appreciate you for what you have done in our lives. Lord God, and what you are going to do. We walk with an expectation. Lord God, though we may not understand everything that occurred, we thank you, Lord, because you're still sovereign. You're sovereign in our lives, Lord God. Lord, and we know that the king's hand, the king's heart is in your hand. Lord, so whatever and whoever we may face, in day-to-day -day situations and business and, Lord God, your business and secular business, our personal business, Lord God, we know and understand that the ultimate decision is in your hand, Lord, and we thank you for that. Father, we pray and ask that you would help us, Lord God, to do your will. Help us, Lord God, to, to live the life that you're calling for in these last evil days. Help us, Lord God, to govern ourselves accordingly. Lord Jesus, to walk, Lord Jesus, and to be an example unto others. Lord, I pray and ask that you would bless each one under the sound of my voice, each person that tunes in, Lord God, in their respective places. Lord, some are waking up, others are in the middle of the day, and some are ending their day. Lord God, you know exactly where they are. You know their need. I pray and ask that you would bless them. Lord God, meet the needs. Give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, which goes further than money. Lord God, thank you. It goes further even than favor. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for your kindness. Thank you for, Lord, revealing yourself unto us and providing us with the substance that we need to live a sanctified life. Lord, I pray and ask that you will continue to bless your people, Lord God, Lord Jesus, help them, Lord, to understand, to open the understanding, Lord God, of each individual. Lord God, help us to receive your word, to apply your word in our lives. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Before we go into the word of God this morning, I want to, I was listening to this song by uh, Miranda Williams, and I just want to play some of this uh, 
it's called Nobody Like You, Lord. And so just want to play a little bit of this before we go uh, further into the word of God.
nobody like our Lord. Nobody like him. No matter who you can think of, no matter what image comes to mind, there is nobody like the Lord. No one. There is nobody like the Lord. And that can never be emphasized enough. Well, we're going to go forth in the word of God. And I pray that uh, I hope you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness. The Bible says that, uh, that if you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you shall be filled. So I, I hope that you're hungry. I hope that you're thirsty for righteousness. I want to direct your attention uh, to the book of Mark. The book of Mark. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Savior. The book of Mark. Uh, we're going to go to the first chapter. I endeavor, this is me, I endeavor not to be long this morning. Mighty God. My heart is has a number of things that I'm thinking about, church-related, people-related, you know, God's will. But then there are the things that you think about that it has to do with your personal life as well. So we cannot never, ever exclude that. The, the disciples didn't. And Jesus addressed that. He addressed it. He said that, uh, they said, they told the Lord, they said, we, we forsaken business you know they they were business owners uh, they had responsibilities they had jobs and, and they had other things that was going on in their lives and they mentioned to the lord that and i'm, I'm paraphrasing it, but they mentioned to him look we left all of that to follow you and the lord told them look you didn't leave that to follow me and you're not going to gain uh now and afterwards so i want you to know that it's never in vain it's never in vain. And so we'll come back to that on another day, another time and deal with that. But I want to remind you and, you know, me and one of the pastors, we were talking uh, and we were laughing about how the preacher, the minister, whomever is presenting the word, they've heard it three, two and three times before you ever hear it. And so, you know, it's constantly being repeated. The message is constantly flowing, being repeated to the one that is presenting the message unless it is on the spot where God speaks to the individual and because of spiritual discernment in that moment and gives a word of knowledge, which comes from, is one of the gifts of God, the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom that is also a gift. Or he may give uh, of helps. Someone walk up and just begin helping. Uh, that is also a gift. There are numerous gifts uh, besides those that others focus on, such as prophecy, because it seems glamorous to stand before the people and to speak openly, um, you know, but it better be a sure word. And it better be a word that comes to pass because the Bible says if someone prophesy and it does not come to pass, well, I'll let you look that up for yourself. In the word of God, the book of Mark, and I, I solicit your prayers, everyone that is tuning in, those that may tune in later, I solicit your prayers. I need your prayers. Every pastor this morning that is standing uh, as an under-shepherd, uh, need prayer. No matter where they are, they need prayer. And they need your support. They don't need you to just sit there and nod your head, uh, not to just sit there and write notes on a, on a pad, um, but need your support. Need you to be sitting there prayerfully uh, supporting them and, and encouraging them and you know, that's why you hear people telling uh, the pastors to go ahead, you know, speak the word, tell the truth, and make sure that after you said all of that, that you live what has been spoken, you know, because the preacher has to live it as well. 
No one is exempt from the word of God. I think I could get a benediction right now. I probably have preached enough, said enough already. But listen, God is good no matter what comes our way. He is good no matter what it may look like. And things rise up and look a certain way to everyone, to everyone. I was thinking about Jonah uh, this morning and how Jonah went and preached the word. He preached a dynamic word of repentance. The message was so powerful that the, the king called, told everybody to fast. Everyone, even the animals, don't feed the animals. And they, they took sackcloth and ashes and they, they presented themselves unto the Lord that he might have mercy. Now, I believe that if they told them not to not to even feed the animals, that the children, well, my baby is, is seven years old. They too young to be fasting. I think the, that he had everybody on a fast. It was a declaration by the king uh, who wanted the king of kings to have mercy. And afterwards, Jonah felt a certain way and he went and sat down under a tree and began to think about the situation and what was going on. And so there are times that you might feel a certain way about certain things and you sit down to think about it and with no answer. Uh, sometimes you don't get an answer for days, weeks or months. Our responsibility is to stand fast and to be unmovable, abiding in the work of the Lord. One scripture that I believe Moses told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, bless your Lord God, bless your name, Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to go into the word of God, but I, I want God to, to know, you know, how I feel uh, this morning, uh, just like he should know how you feel. He should know how you feel as well. Thank you, Jesus. No one can can speak for you. No one can say on your behalf what you can say. You must say it. You must tell the Lord how you feel about him. You must tell the Lord um, what you're thinking. You must tell the Lord what's going on with you. You have to speak up. You have to speak up. And you're going to have to tell some things to be quiet. Yes, you're going to have to tell some things to, to be quiet in the process of while you are speaking up on to the Lord. Well, listen. Mighty God, bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Wherever you are, just tell him thank you. Wherever you are, just tell the Lord thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Jesus. It's all right to tell him thank you. Acknowledge him for who he is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mighty God. In the book of Mark, book of Mark, first chapter, I'll read a, a few verses here. I'm going to read the 23rd verse. It says, and there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Are thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. The 25th verse says, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. The 27th verse says, and they were all amazed. They were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he every, even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And he healed many 
that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Uh, let me read this again. Mark 1, 23, I'm going to read it through the 25th. I'm going to read the 27th verse and the 34th verse. It says, and there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. 27th verse. And they were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded the, even the unclean spirit and they do obey him. 34th verse says, and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. I was preparing last week when the phone rung and in the course of conversation, uh, the individual asked me, how do you keep from complaining? What do you do? You know, there are times where you get that little itch that, that you want to complain about things not going a certain way. And but I, I responded respectfully and told them that you need to close your mouth. Sometimes we have to zip it up. We have to close our mouths because whatever you say is loosed in the atmosphere in that moment. As long as it's in your head, it is not loosed. When you open your mouth up and speak, it's now in the atmosphere. Whatever you say. So you got to be careful. Whatever you speak into the lives of your children, you got to be careful because now it's in the atmosphere and it's in their spirit. You, you've spoken something, you said something, you know, or something has been said to you. And I, I believe that that many of us can relate to words that were spoken in childhood and it may even haunt uh, from time to time, whether you recognize it or you know you've had to overcome it because those words were alive. Words are alive. And so uh, my question to them is, are you ready to face the challenges? You speak something, there's going to be out there and it's gonna challenge you. Why create new challenges? Uh, you already are faced with challenges as they are. So why create more? So it's interesting, and I laughed because I had just written and I told them I had just wrote down prior to them calling, tell your enemy to be quiet. And that's what we're going to talk about. I wanna encourage you this morning to tell your enemy to be quiet. Tell them to take a chill pill, sit down, stop. Whatever vernacular you're going to use, as long as it is not offensive to God, tell your enemy to be quiet. The term or statement, be quiet, is used to tell someone to stop. Stop talking. Stop making noise. Stop their actions. Now, you may have used this, and if you have children, I know you've used it one way or another. Or in a relationship, you, you, you may have used it there. Even if you just said stop, everyone, we all knows what that means. You may have used it within yourself where emotions were starting to stir up, where thoughts was crossing your mind and you said, stop, I'm not going there. You just talk to yourself. I'm going to be quiet. I'm not going to say anything before I say something that gets me in more trouble than what already is. Again, I want to encourage you to speak to your enemy. Whatever enemy is whispering, whatever the enemy is talking aloud, whatever the enemy is writing uh, on notes or texting or sexing or emailing, 
Maybe they're using smoke signals. I don't know wherever you are. Whatever is being used to communicate, uh, you need to tell them to stop talking. Tell them to be quiet. Tell them to take a chill pill. Relax. Calm down. Stop. You may have to shout it out. You may have to lift your voice up in a, with a large audible sound and tell them to stop acting out. Tell them to sit down. The Bible says that in Daniel, the second chapter, about the 16th verse, it says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. The king had made a declaration and said that when you hear the sound of the music, when you hear the sound, uh, then get busy, bow down, worship. When you hear the sound that is being played. And these men, they're not boys, these men, they take a stand as men, not children. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king and said, we're not careful. We're, we're not going to do what you asked us to do. We're not, no. Their reliance was on the power of God, not the power of Nebuchadnezzar. And they told him, we, we're not careful how we answer you. And I don't want you to be careful how you tell the enemy to stop, how you tell the enemy to be quiet, because there comes a time that uh, you need to take a stand in such a way that everyone know you are about the business. You're about God's business. You are someone is asking you to do something that you know is against the will of God. You need to take a stand and you need to let them know that that's not going to happen. And you don't have to be polite about it. No, especially when you're being asked over and over again. You need to get the message across. And so you cannot be careful how you answer everyone about the matter. But some people, you're going to have to just say, shut up. Others, you're going to have to, you may be able to let them down easy. Oh, I'm flattered with your interest, but, and go on to tell them that that's not going to happen. Others, you may tell in a different way so that they get the message. No matter how it's said, and I, I'm sure you're going to say it with respect and uh, some grace. You're going to say it, but with firmness that you need to stop. Be quiet. Take a chill pill. Stop your roll. There is nothing more serious, nothing more important in this world and the world to come than your soul salvation. The writer of Hebrews point to a jewel uh, as he addressed the challenges of living a sanctified life. The Hebrew, uh, the, uh, the congregation there at that time was dealing with certain persecutions. And so, but whether saved or not, you're going to face some challenges. And then we're going to stand before God. For those committed to excellence in Christ, committed to excellence in relationship, committed to excellence on a secular level, uh, I'm talking to you. And so this message may not be for everyone because if you're not committed to taking a stand, you're just allowing uh, anything, falling for everything, then this is not for you unless you want to change. The Bible says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full age. So there are some of us that are have grown a little and and we can handle some things and we'll handle them differently because strong meat is for those that have teeth. Even those who by reason use and have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It's Hebrews 5 and 14. Hebrews 6, 
1 through 2 says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine, let us go unto perfection. Perfection is an element meaning that you are moving from being a novice. Now, you don't move from being a novice without dedication. You don't move from being a novice without sacrifice. You don't move from being a novice without eliminating excuses. And we have a lot of excuses. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that we have that hinder us. And so you never move to perfection as long as those things exist. As long as you're not asking the right questions, as long as you're not seeking or the truth of how to do things. Now, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself and I, I'm, I'm trying to hold back the rings here. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance, of dead works, and of faith toward God. Dead works. Repentance of dead works. You have to stop and think, what is a dead work? He also mentioned of faith toward God. You, you got to stop and, and think about, wait a minute, am I uh, faith toward God? Am I struggling? Am I one of those that, that one moment I have faith in God, the next moment I don't, then I have faith in God again, and I, then I, then I, don't, I, I don't know, I, I'm teeter-tottering here. Of the doctrine of baptism, why are we still struggling with the, the word of God and dealing with the baptism of that is essential for salvation. Jesus said it was. He said, he that believeth and is baptized. So there should be no arguments by anybody saying, well, baptism is not necessary. Just believe on the Lord. And, you know, and that's it. No, those are, that belief is with action. Belief is not without action. Jesus told them to go forth, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And then we find over in Luke where the Bible tell us that he opened their understanding. So they knew what he meant. And on the day of Pentecost, they baptized him in the name of Jesus. And every place we see where baptism occurred, it was in Jesus name. On besides the baptism of repentance in which John the Baptist uh, did, he told them that someone is coming greater than me. Believe on him. The doctrine, again, of laying on of hands. And of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. These these subjects, foundation of repentance, of dead works, faith toward God, doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of dead, and of eternal judgment are principles not to be ignored. But once you understand those things, then we are to move forward into the area that God is called, if he permits, if he permits. All it takes is one that, that refused uh, to learn and to understand the principles for everyone else to have to slow down for a moment so that we can bring them up to speed so that we're not talking over their head. Now, I love teaching. I love taking my time and talking about the word of God so that there is clarity, so that everyone is on the same page. And, and Cornerstone was built on teaching and, and to ensure that everyone has a clear understanding uh, about the word. And when I go, I've been out other places where we've gone to other services and I was the speaker and uh, someone said, you know what, you, you preached, uh, you preached the word, you didn't teach it, but you preached the word and you preached some things that you did not give us in the teaching or well, that the audience I was dealing with was a different type of audience. And so they required something different as I was led of the Lord to give to them. To leave the principle, meaning the basics or the granular of any subject, means that you're now going to deal with the core of the issue. If you learn the core of any matter, the core, 
on the job, the core um, in the church, you get to the core of things, you are well off with an understanding. You have a greater understanding because you are no longer skating on the surface, but you're digging into the issue. You're digging into the matter. The, the Lord told uh, Peter and John when they were released from their incarceration, he said, go stand in the temple and tell the people about this life. Go tell them about this life. This life is different. This life is not like you, you had before. It's not every day. It's not the same mundane. This is different. And you need to understand that on the job, uh, in the school, relationship, dealing with the cosmological or the teleological, the doctrine, uh, scriptorial and the spiritual that impacts our lives. We need to get to the core of it to have a better understanding of why we experience some things, why we hear some things, why we see some things, why does and how does it impact my life? This way, when you get to the core, you find out. Now, the Bible said, let us go. Let us go. So go, meaning we're going forward, not backwards, not sideways, not having just any old conversation. But we must bring our A game. You can bring your A game. Yes, you can. And so I want you to understand something here that your best doesn't have to be anyone else's best. No, you're not going to, we're all different. We have certain levels that we, that we operate on. And so your best is not going to, but it should be your best. Now to do better, after you've done your best, you're gonna do better. To do better, you need to check who you're hanging around. Who you, who you hang with. Because see, sometimes our best is not even what it could be because of the other influences that exist. There are other influences. And so you may have to change. I know that when I stepped up my game and work, my influence in, in taking care of of family and, and doing things. I had to change certain associates. I couldn't hang with everybody any longer because I was focused on. And so when you're focused on doing certain things, you, you can't hang out all night. You can't uh, keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect change. Uh, someone said that that is the definition of insanity, that you keep doing the same thing, looking for different results. So we can't keep doing the same thing. Even in the church, we cannot keep doing the same thing and look for a different result. No, and we'll we'll dig into that more later. But Cornerstone, COG, they understand what I'm, what I'm saying. You know, that there are other things, there are other medias, there's other ways of doing things. And you, we, we're to tap into all of that. We're to tap into all of it without excuse. And I, I emphasize without excuse because we allow ourselves to have so many excuses when and, and we look for and we say we're praying about it, but we're filled with excuses. Excuses is something that don't and should not exist with God, not in the church. God doesn't have excuses. Show me one place where God had an excuse for something. To do better, you need to check who you are hanging with. If both of you are struggling, you need to, both of you need to make some changes. And if you're not willing or they are not willing to make a change, then you need to excuse yourself from uh, so much of that relationship. Nurses hang with nurses. I've walked into Starbucks and I see uh, five or six nurses sitting there studying Doctors hang with doctors. Engineers hang with engineers. Athletes hang with those of like passion. They share the same desire. They share the same desire of success, 
finance, and other tangible goals. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. When we find ourselves struggling, we need to check and see, have we become unequally yoked with something? The reason we hang with certain people is because there are characteristics similar to ours, something that we like. Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, Pastor, what does this got to do with the unclean spirit and, and him casting out devils? Keep listening. Nothing wrong when you uh, when it propels you from best to being better. There's nothing wrong with that. You want to do better. So you have to stop listening. You have to stop agreeing with any and everything. You have to tell them to be quiet in and everything. Be quiet. Tell that situation in and everything. Take a chill pill. Then when you've done your best. Do better. The Lord told Peter, Satan have desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat, put you through the grain, put you through the shredder, put you through the strainer and, and find just mess you up. But I prayed for you. You need to understand and know that God has already prayed for you. That your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen your brother. The Bible tell us in Mark, in our beginning, that there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. This man, this unclean spirit took over and began governing the life of this man. You've seen it for yourself. You've seen people with unclean spirits. And, and I don't mean a transit that you pass by. Uh, it, it could be the person right next to you in the office, someone right next to you in the car, uh, that they have an unclean spirit riding on the bus with you, on the train, on the plane. It, it, it don't matter if they wearing a, a shirt and tie. It don't matter if they have on some cologne. They are still of an unclean spirit. You have uh, millionaires. You have people that are well to do that are have unclean spirits. And you've heard about this on the news. You uh, Human trafficking, unclean spirit. An uh, island fill, filled with juveniles, children, male and female, so that politicians fly. Politicians, actors, people that have the money fly over to certain places to have sex with children, unclean spirit. There are a number of things when we talk about unclean spirits that are covered. It's not limited to uh, what you may, what's immediately presented in your face. But let's stop and take a real look at what unclean spirit is. This unclean spirit took control of this person govern their lives. When he got up in the morning, that unclean spirit was there at work. He laid down at night, that unclean spirit was there at work. It talked to him. It talked about him. It talked in secret and openly. The Bible says that when Jesus came along, it cried out. How many other instances occurred where this spirit cried out. Maybe they were in a service in this, at the synagogue before Jesus even arrived and this man would be sitting there uh, blurting things out. People maybe not, uh, would not even sit next to him because of uh, his, because of what he was saying. Be he may have been whispering things to, to a young boy next to him or to a young lady or to your wife or to your husband or unclean spirit unclean spirit, deceptive. That spirit said, let us alone. It recognized something was, something was up. The power of God was present. Let us alone. What do we have to do with you? Mm -hmm. Jesus of Nazareth, thou art, have you come to destroy us? 
I know you. This was directed at Jesus. Did you come to destroy us? So the enemy know that there is an expiration date, a date that they can not reign upon the earth. This was not the first instance. There's many. He said, I know you implies I know your position. I know your ability. I know your authority. Jesus rebuked him saying, hold your peace and come out of him. Now, rebuke is another term for correction, putting something in place or in this instance, be quiet. Be quiet. It was not time for that spirit to speak out or to resist the deliverance of this man. Now, note here, I said it was not time for that spirit to speak out or resist the deliverance of that man. This would take us into a different discussion of what will happen during the tribulation period. But as of right now, this is the dispensation of grace that we're in. And because we're in a dispensation of grace, you need to tell that spirit to be quiet. You need to tell it to chill. You need to put things in check. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter and the eighth verse, it provides us some insight here. It says, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If those spirits would have kept speaking out, identifying that this was God manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, that he was the judgment of the whole world, as, uh, as Abraham mentioned in the 18th chapter, judge of the world, this would have changed everything. The dispensation of grace as we know it, as we stand in today, would not exist. Because they would not have crucified him. This is what the Bible says. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. This would have changed everything. And so to keep God's will going in order, they were told to be quiet. Plans are ruined. By too much chatter, TMI, too much information, talking about everything to everybody and problems with everybody. It's, the Bible tells us to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. Why are we talking so much about our problems with other people instead of talking about our problems with the Lord? What's up with that? Why are we doing that? Why? You need to stop and ask yourself. Why put that burden upon your friend, upon your associate, upon others? The pastor, even the pastor, the pastor has to take what he received, what he is given in counseling and take it to the Lord himself. Has to take the problems to the Lord, not to walk around carrying that. The Bible says that if you're sick, you need a physician. I'm going to tell you, if you need psychological help, you need prayer and you need to see a psychiatrist. Yes, one, preferably one that is saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost so that they have discernment to help you. Mighty God, bless your Lord Jesus. We burden people down with issues that should that they should not be burdened down with. But it starts with the acceptance of what the enemy is saying or what the enemy is doing or what we are allowing them to do instead of putting a stop to it. Let's put a stop to what the enemy is trying to do and then it will eliminate certain problems and certain situations that will come up. Well, we put a stop to it. Let's stop, put a stop to it early. Put a stop to it. Plans are ruined by much chatter, allowing spirits to influence and disrupt things. Breeding breeds thoughts of impossibility, breeds thoughts and procrastination and doubt and despair where we don't move and we don't do, we don't stretch out as we, uh, you know, we used to sing a song, stretch out on faith. 
uh, stretch out on Jesus. When you get in trouble, fall on your knees, ask the Lord to help you, please, you know, look towards the hills from which come your help. And those were some of the lyrics to the song. And it was talking about, it pointed you all back to Jesus. But when you're listening to the wrong voice, when you listen to others, no matter how logical it might sound, then it breeds those impossibilities, procrastination, doubt, and despair. The Bible said they were all amazed and so much that they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? It opened an opportunity for witnessing. When others look around and say and see the impossible and see the and see that you did not procrastinate and see that you did not doubt and see that you did not walk in disparity. When they ask what, then it opens an opportunity for you to testify and to tell them about the power of God. What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? It's not a new doctrine. It already it was existing. The scribes and Pharisees just didn't have the didn't exercise the authority or the compassion. Excuse, let's go with the compassion. To bring about deliverance, to help others. To allow God to use them in such a way. What doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. You also have the same authority because it resides in the name of Jesus. So it's important that you explain to your children and explain to others when you hear it. Uh, you hear it, some people say God. Now God is not a name, it is a, it's a title, it's a descriptive. But when you use the name of Jesus, that takes on a whole new meaning. And we're not to use his name in vain. In vain means to use it unnecessarily, without results or no effect. Salvation is in the name of Jesus, Matthews 1 and 21. The Father's name, John 5 and 43. The Holy Ghost comes in his name, John 14 and 26. There is power in the name of Jesus. That is not just a song, they're singing the scripture. They're emphasizing what the word of God says. Power in the name of, to break every chain. They're emphasizing the, the power that exists in the name. Colossians 3, 4, uh, 16 through 17 said, let, it, let the word of, of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. There's power in his name. Mark 16 and 17 says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in his name. So God has given you the authority. He has given you the power. You are empowered to tell the enemy to be quiet, to stop, to tell that situation, to take a chill pill, to come to a hope. We're not going there. We're not doing that. You have the authority. You have the power. The 34th verse says, and he healed many that were sick of diverse disease and, and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Now, First John 3 and 1 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now are we the sons of God. So when Jesus left, and I believe it's St. John 14 and 1, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and my father's house. And, and he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And, it's in, and he goes on to talk about and emphasize the importance of him leaving so that where I am, there ye may be also. Where was he? In the sonship. Where are we now? In the sonship. So now are we the sons of God? What we have talked about and read and just and, and just scratch the surface of this morning is just to identify and to say that 
Jesus had the power and authority to tell the spirits to be quiet, to prevent, uh, to prevent certain things from occurring as well as to allow the will of God to be done here on earth. It was meant for him to be crucified. But if those evil spirits would have kept pronouncing that here he is, and people would have caught wind of it and, and accepted him, the, the, uh, the Jewish religion, well, we say Jewish, we're talking about religion practice. So uh, Israeli, the Israelites would have accepted him as their Messiah. There wouldn't have been a crucifixion. There would be no dispensation of grace, but he wanted a dispensation of grace. He wanted us. His word said that the Gentiles, all the, all the nations of the world would be blessed under the seed of Abraham. And here we are today, blessed. To make this happen, those fallen demons, any angelic being that is not serving the presence of the Lord is a demon. Okay. People call fallen angels. Oh, oh, she is my angel. You know, and they've made movies about fallen angels and falling in love with human, uh, human beings and stuff like that. But listen. Now are we the sons of God? Now are we. So we walk and have the authority and power. Now we need to develop within our mind and understand that I need to exercise this. I need to do this. When it comes down to talking about certain professions, people are comfortable with, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, this is what I do and I know how to do it. Well, this is who you are. You're a child of God. You're a son of God. So you now are learning what to do and how to do it. And that's the whole purpose of Bible class. That's the whole purpose of, of, of uh, assembling ourselves together in, in God's house, his house of prayer, where the word of God is being exhorted, where we're being taught and we exercise and we practice. Someone walks in this morning when I came to, the, came to, to come into the sanctuary, I saw some people that had built a camp uh, and was trying to get out of the sun even this early in the morning at 9 a.m. the sun was beaming and they were repositioning themselves well the purpose of them being here and others being here was that they could be ministered to by someone that has the gift of healing the gift of knowledge the gift of helps the gift of administering someone that where the gift would approach, but if you're not present, how are you at how are you administering the work of the Lord? Listen, now are we the sons of God. Jesus was there, he went to service. But people are being told you don't need to go to service. Well, there's somebody with an unclean spirit said in his service. And you don't need to go. Listen, listen, I could go on and 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 teach for the next two or three hours about the word of God and what he has to say about assembling ourselves together. Family reunion is coming. Now are we the sons of God and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. So many are looking for that, for everything after, you know, we're gonna be like him. We're gonna see him as he is, but let's stop, 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 stop. Let's go back to now. Now, right now, August 6, 2023, now are we the sons of God. What are you going to do with that? How are you going to walk? How are you going to conduct yourself? When Jesus came across unclean spirits, those spirits recognized him. When the sons of Sceva uh, tried to go into that house where those people was there possessed, they said, Jesus, we know, Paul, we know. But, but who are you? We don't know you. Spirits know. God has given us the ability, the control of our environment. Understand this. God has given us the ability and the control of our environment. So whatever the environment is, if it is not a environment of peace, an environment of, of, of a, a, an environment that is acceptable unto you in the service of the Lord, no matter where you are, you have the ability to change that. You have control over that. This is why we pray. The Bible said man should always pray. 
Luke 9, because it gives us direction. It opens a, uh, just like you plug your phone up to be charged. Plug yourself up to be charged. Luke 9 and 49, and I love this. This is one of my favorite people of the Bible. And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name. And we forbade him because he followed not with us. John is telling Jesus that he saw someone. And I love this someone. I don't, they don't have a name. I love this nameless person and what they were doing. They were casting out devils in thy name. They didn't like it because they wasn't hanging with him. But we're not talking about the fact that he wasn't hanging with them. We're talking about that he was casting out devils in the name of Jesus. He heard the word. He was somewhere in the crowd. Like someone today is, is listening and will hear this. Someone may download and listen to it tomorrow. But they're going to get the message and they're going to come to the, the realization that, wow, God, you have given us the power. You have given us the authority through your word. And we can make a difference. We can make a difference. And this is what that man was saying. This is what he was doing. He was making a difference in the life of those that he came across. That meant he had to tell some spirits to be quiet. That meant he had to tell some to shut up. Yes. Yes. And I'm not saying that to be rude. I'm just saying that he had to, he had to speak up and take a bold stand. He had to let them know that you have no place. You have no words here. And your words that you have don't have the authority over the word that I have. I have authority this morning. You have authority this morning. It's written in the word. Whatever it is, you'll find it in the word of God. The Bible said that, that I would that you would be in health even as your that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. So there's prosperity, there's health, even as your soul, which means that now we're going to the core. I'm going to deal with the core of things. What's really happening with me? What's really happening on the inside that is, uh, that is infecting, that is impacting the outside? It's impacting my world. It's impacting the situation. What's going on? Deal with the core. You can't be ashamed. You can't be afraid. Holy Ghost, you can't be afraid to deal with the core. The Lord told Peter, said that when you strengthen, strengthen the brethren. Now, after you have, after the things that you have dealt with and after you have been strengthened and after you have dealt with the core issues, then you're going to help someone else. And when, as we read the word of God, we see that Peter, it didn't happen overnight, but it happened. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened. We find that Peter still had some issues at the core that needed to be dealt with. And, and God knew that already. But he knew the day would come that those things would be dealt with. That those issues that was at the core of that man would eventually be resolved. And he would be a great leader. Bless your Lord Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. Thank you for your word this morning. Lord God, I pray and ask that you would bless each one that have taken time out of their schedule to listen. Lord God, and that they would follow what has been said and tell their enemies to be quiet. Tell the situation to take a chill pill, to, to sit down. Lord God, thank you. Lord, I pray and ask that it be received and applied in their lives. Lord God, thank you for your kindness and grace. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Lord Jesus, as we apply your word, as we take your word to heart, Lord, and to share it with others, we thank you, Lord God. We bless your name, Savior. Lord, I pray and ask that you bless those that are looking for a church home and 
You know the area that they live, Lord God. Lead them to a place of truth and power, Lord God. Help them to receive. Help them to know it is the right place, Lord God. If it is not, lead them, Lord God, to greener pastures. Lord God, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, those that are tearing for the Holy Ghost, I ask that you would bless them you'll fill them with your spirit as you did in the days of old Lord God not just the days of that we read about in the scripture but even the days recently that we refer to as day of old where you filled us with your spirit we thank you right now in Jesus name amen and amen thank you Lord please continue to pray for me as I am praying for you we're seeking to do God's will. We're seeking for certain changes to occur where we are to the, for the betterment of the propagation of the gospel. And so I solicit your prayers because ministry is work. It is work. My hands are on the gospel cloud and we are plowing the land, you know, and it, it takes the, the prayers and the help and of the saints of God and those that believe in his word to help. And so, again, I solicit your prayers as we go forward to do his will. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. God bless you.